Hey guys, welcome to Church in the Valley, Alhambra, on this beautiful blue-skied 4th of July. Isn't it such a great day to celebrate the birthday of our United States of America? Um, well, we hope that whatever you guys are planning to do, we thank you guys for joining us this morning, um, that we get to come and worship our God and praise Him um, with all that we have, just like we do every Sunday. So if you guys would uh, join with us and stand and sing, uh, you can find our lyrics over there if you're in person on the... Uh, little welcome table on the little sheet and everything, or if you're trying to be eco-friendly, or if you're online, you can find them online at civalhambra.com forward slash Sunday. Again, civalhambra.com forward slash Sunday. You can find our lyric sheets as well as our notes for the sermon. Um, Harold's going to speak today, and it's going to be a, a real fun time. But yeah, if you guys would uh, want to stand with us and continue singing...
we join with the angels and the saints in heaven and we sing you are worthy.
Thanks, Victor. Appreciate it. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Church in the Valley. Uh, happy Fourth of July. Happy Independence Day. Um, I was very aware as we were singing that last song. I was like, man, I'm so glad that I am not in the worship band because you guys would not uh, want me to sing. But I'm grateful that Victor and the rest of the people are um, because he can lead us well in worship. So this morning, I wanted to uh, let you guys know about some things uh, coming up in church life and some things going on this morning. Uh, if you are a guest with us, we are really grateful that you're spending your uh, 4th of July morning with us. And if you did not get a program yet, you can get one over at the guest resource table when you came in. And uh, there are several things in there that would be helpful this morning. There is a listening guide. Uh, there are lyrics to the songs as well as some um, a sheet where you can take some notes on the talk this morning. And there also is a connection card in there that's going to be really helpful. If you are uh, a regular attender or member, if there's anything on that connection card that you need to update and fill that out, that'd be really helpful. We'd really appreciate if everyone would fill one out this morning. And then if you're a guest, uh, anything on that card that you feel comfortable sharing, we would love for you to be able to uh, fill out and just let us know how you heard about Church in the Valley on the side there. That'd really be helpful as well. Uh, maybe it's a friend inviting you. Maybe you uh, just walking by Alhambra and saw it. Uh, we'd love to know how that you found that out so that we can continue to reach more people uh, in, the, in the neighborhood and the surrounding community. And then there are some recycling baskets that are up here towards the front and some in the back as well, as well as one over on the guest resource table. And you can put your connection card and your pins and any other recyclables you have in there afterwards. That'd really be helpful. Also, if you're wanting to uh, give this morning, um, that is a way you can do that as well as over in the basket on the guest resource table, or you can give online. And if you are uh, more uh, digital um, savvy and prefer to do things like that, there is also our listening guide and notes on our website as well that you can access through your phone if you'd like to do that this morning. It's at civlhambra.com forward slash Sunday. And so you can access it that way as well. Uh, also, as, as a guest, we want to thank you for uh, choosing to check things out this morning. I know, you know, gathering with new people in a new place is, uh, takes a risk. And so we want to thank you for doing that. And so there is also a book um, that's free that you can grab on your way out if you have not got one already. It's called How Good is Good Enough? And we'd love for you to be able to take a copy of that and read that. We think it would really be a helpful read for you. And some other things coming up in church life that I want to let you guys know about. One, uh, if you guys already have not sort of set aside the date for this, August 
uh, 14th, Saturday, August 14th, we're going to be having our volunteer appreciation picnic. And this is a really uh, uh, much uh, overdue, but we're really excited to have it time where we get, get to get, gather and have just a really fun time to really honor all the people that make uh, not only mobile church on Sunday happen, but just things to happen throughout the week. And so whether you're a volunteer or not, we'd love for you to be able to come and just enjoy uh, time together on that. That's going to be Saturday, August 14th. More details on that will be coming out soon. But if you want to go ahead and just kind of earmark that day in your calendar, that'd really be a fun time together. Uh, and speaking of volunteers, last announcement before we continue to worship is uh, we have been progressively opening up more of our kid zone. Um, the different classes there ranging from newborns all the way up to, you know, junior high and high school and stuff like that. And so we have two more classes that need to open before we are fully open, and that is our nursery and our toddlers. Uh, but before we can do that, we still need a few more uh, volunteers to really be able to make that happen. Apparently, these two-year-olds and newborns don't watch themselves. I don't know how that, you know, I mean, I figure, come on, they've been around a while, they should get the hang of it. But they do need some people to help uh, raise these kids uh, while we're in church. And so I'm going to watch them and feed them and teach them. And so if you have, uh, if you're a member and you would like to work with uh, those age ranges, uh, feel free to mark down your connection card and we would, um, we'll get in contact with you about that. That way we can be fully open kid zone wise and it'll be a fun time. So let me pray for us uh, in a second. And we're going to invite Harold up to speak. Uh, and for those of you that have not, by the way, uh, met Harold Bullock or don't, um, have not gotten to meet him personally, Harold Bullock actually is the founder of Hope Church in Fort Worth, Texas, which later on, Randy Lanthrop, who went there, founded Church in the Valley in Diamond Bar, which later on uh, founded this church here in Alhambra. So if you're thinking, I have never met Harold, well, you'll be glad that you get to meet him today because this church wouldn't exist if it wasn't for what he and Deborah started in Fort Worth, Texas many years ago. And so um, we're excited to be able to hear from him this morning. Uh, let me pray for us, and then we'll continue to worship. Father, thank you so much uh, for the day today of just getting to celebrate our nation's Independence Day and the freedom that we get to have in this country uh, as a result of um, the way you've taken care of us and provided for us for many years. And God, on, on this day especially, we really do want to just uh, pray for and thank you for our, our leaders both nationally and, and statewide and in our cities. We do pray for wisdom for them. For those of them that don't know you, they would come to know you and really walk with you. And God, you, you would really uh, work through them to really protect and to provide and uh, lead um, the people that you put under them. And so we thank you for them. We thank you for this country. And more importantly, God, we thank you uh, that we get to have access to an even better kingdom of yours through your son, Jesus. And thank you for the opportunity to be able to live in your kingdom and to walk with you in that. And so we pray that you would really be honored through the words of our mouths and a meditation of our hearts this morning and that uh, the worship would really be pleasing to you. And I pray that you would really speak to us and help us to really put into practice the things that we're going to hear from Harold later this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Sorry, we have one more song before Harold comes. Um, but can anyone, everyone stand, please stand. Between us, how high the mountain. 
Jesus Christ. 
nation today. God, I just pray for our nation. Lord, I pray for our leaders to rise up and follow you, God. I pray that we be a nation that follows your heart, and really listens to you, and really puts you number one. Um, I thank you for Herod Bullock. I pray, Lord, for um, his mouth and the words um, that he will speak today. Um, help it to reach our ears and our hearts um, that we apply in our lives day to day. I thank you and I praise you, God, for how good you are. I pray all this in Jesus' name. My wife, Deborah, and I are delighted to be with you guys. Um, this configuration reminds me of a lot of the ancient churches. You know, they sat with a row this way, and a group over here, and a group over here. So, it's good to be historic this morning. <laughs> Alhambra, for me and Deborah, has a special place in our heart. Um, in 1971, we bought a house just north of here. Uh, we paid $22,500 for it and thought we got a really good deal. We sold it for $28,500 a couple of years later. If we just hung on to it for another couple of years, we'd have made at least $100,000 uh, as, as the prices began to skyrocket. Uh, we lived just... Uh, just north, it's right before Huntington Drive on Birch Street. So this, this location that means a lot to us. Uh, you and I are people who are, are emotional. I, I don't know if you realize that or not. Let me scoot back just a little bit. Uh, but we're, human beings are emotional. Animals have some emotions. Uh, we have very complex ones. Each culture has language to describe those emotions. And if you look at different cultures, you discover there are words in some cultures for emotions that are not in your language. Uh, but we were emotional. And uh, 2020 and 2021 has been a very emotional time for us. I think one of the things a great number of us have dealt with is discouragement. Uh, discouragement is one of those things you'll fight all your life long. Uh, some of us fight it more, others less, but everyone deals with this. In the middle of all the ups and downs of 2020 and 2021, um, there's a lot of opportunity for discouragement and uh, <laughs> a whole lot of other emotions. I, I discovered one, though, recently that I had not really thought about. I read an article. This is the title. 
Uh, since we don't have PowerPoint, I'll, I'll read it a couple of times. Living, but not flourishing. A good title goes on, The Pandemic-Fueled Feeling Known as Languishing. Hmm. Uh, discouragement, sure. Maybe, maybe sometimes anger, sure. You know, we, we've gone through a lot this last year. I hadn't, hadn't realized that languishing was one of them. A very interesting article. To languish is to lose or lack vitality. It just sort of goes out of you. Uh, you grow, to grow weak or feeble. Uh, Adam Grant, who's a psychologist at the University of Pennsylvania, he, he says this, the dominant emotion of 2021 is languishing. I uh, goes on to explain it. It's, it amounts to showing up for life, but without purpose and aim. Uh, Corey Keyes, who's a sociologist and psychologist at Emory University, uh, says that languishing um, just basically takes the life out of you. Uh, in languishing, you, you're not, not really depressed. Uh, you're not really sad. Uh, it's not feeling good or feeling bad. It's just rather feeling nothing. I don't know if you've been there during this past year or not. You know, you and I were made for relationships. Uh, God, as he created mankind, made the statement, it's not good for the man, a human individual, to be alone. And he created for him a woman, a wife, who, through whom would come all kinds of relationships. So we're, we're actually made for relationships. We don't do well alone. Some, some of us, you know, are very outgoing, and we love hundreds of relationships. I had a friend through the years. He could have an exciting relationship with a fence post. <laughs> For his wife, she's, she's on the other end of the spectrum. If she had one good conversation with one person a day, that would be plenty. Both great people. We have different relational appetites, but we all need relationships. And one of the things that happened in the pandemic is we didn't have those. Or we had the same ones over and over and over with no relief. And that wears on you. And normally we human beings live very busy lives. We try to be busy. And in the middle of all the busyness, life just sort of keeps moving. We don't pay attention to things. But whenever things slow down, we begin to think about our lives and we begin to ask a question about meaning. You know, is anything happening that really counts? So, again, Corey Keyes says that this languishing is the lack of meaning, purpose, or belonging in life. And all, all, all kinds of people begin to discover, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. I, have, I can't run around like I used to, so I... I think about things and there's just not much really going on that counts. It's all, he says, it's almost like you put yourself on hold waiting for something good to happen. Until then, you're sort of on hold. He goes on to say that it leads to emptiness, lack of emotion, and stagnation. Now, things are loosening up now, so the pace of life is picking up. And maybe 
Uh, maybe for you, uh, you haven't really hit the point of the languishing. Uh, but if you have, understand, all kinds of people have also. And you're just sort of putting in the days in wondering and wishing for something deeper. How do you stop this languishing? The, the languishing leads to this sort of loss of vitality. You don't become a zombie, but you're, you're, you're on your way. And uh, I don't know about you, but there, I've dealt with a lot of discouragement during this past year. I've gone through a leadership transition at the church. I, the Lord spoke to me. It was time for me to step out of the senior leadership of the church, and I did. And the fellow who was prepared, the church chose, and he's done a, a super job. For me, I'm in transition. You, you tend to battle discouragement and transition. Uh, but, you know, you, it is something you do battle. How do you stop languishing? How do you stop the slow drain of life? Well, Professor Grant says, you find a flow. Some flow of things happening. You find a flow, something that you can engage and immerse yourself in. And then he goes on to say that once you find the flow, of course, you dive in and you focus on goals and boundaries. Immerse yourself in something engaging and exciting. You know, if you have two-year-olds at home, that's pretty engaging and exciting. But there comes a point, they, they will turn five or six, and you begin to ask the, the other questions again. Find a flow. Well, there, there are a lot of flows in this world. There are a lot of movements. There, there are a lot of causes. I, I saw, I don't know if you guys have seen it or not, but Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I saw that recently, and I've been wanting to, wanting to watch it. I like science fiction. Uh, in The Guardian of the Galaxy, there's a fellow who is like a god. He's been searching for meaning and purpose, and he finds it. And he's inviting his son into the flow. And his flow is going to be to plant himself in such a way that he will cover all the known worlds. All other life will be snuffed out, and everything will just be him. Uh, his name is Ego, which seems appropriate. <laughs> well, that's a flow. I mean, it, it, it just gives him meaning and purpose. Uh, there are a lot of different flows. Uh, some, some flows are destructive. Other flows are well-meaning, sometimes naive. Uh, there, there are a number that are actually uh, good, helpful things in society. Uh, but I want to talk to you about a flow that tends to be overlooked and ignored, but it's crucial. I want to talk to you about what God's doing through the church. Uh, and I have several things to say about the church. On your listening guide, there, there are a few blanks. Uh, that's to help you stay awake. Uh, what God's doing through the church. In our society, what God's doing through the church is not of interest to the news. Uh, it's not of interest to all kinds of people. It turns out to be really important, though. The, the, church is, the church is God's new people group. 
There's a verse in 1 Peter 2, 9 through 11, a set of verses that reiterate some things that are said in the Old Testament about Israel, God's chosen people, <clears throat> and those things are continued in the church in the New Testament. Uh, here it is. But you are, uh, this is you, if you're a Christ follower. If you're not, this will give you some insight into uh, what it means to follow Christ. You are a chosen race. Uh, the word, the Greek word, the New Testament was originally written in Greek. The Greek word translated race is a, a word that means kind. It's, it's a kinship group. You're, you're, a, you're a chosen kind. You've been selected. You are a royal priesthood. Hmm. Uh, if you're a Christ follower, you're a priest. You're a part of, you're not only a priest, you're a part of a group of priests. Priests are those who can go to God directly through Jesus Christ, and they can ask requests for themselves, or they can make requests for their friends. Priests in other religions stand between people and, the, and their God. Uh, in following Christ, Christ is the high priest, and every one of his followers can go directly to him. Also, though, being a, a priest, you are a, whole, a royal priesthood. You're not just, not just nobodies. You're actually sons and daughters of the king. But you are a priest. You're a holy nation. That word... Uh, means ethnic group in the, in the Greek. You are a new kind of ethnic group. And not only that, but you're, you're set apart for God's use. My life contains all kinds of things that are not particularly holy looking, like brushing your teeth. There are all kinds of things we have to do as human beings just to live in this world. But in the middle of all the living, you and I have been set apart for God's purposes. Uh, one of the questions that we often ask in life is, what, what is my purpose? Well, an answer that's not complete, but it's a good start, is my purpose is God's purposes. <laughs> Exclamation point. <laughs> my purpose is God's purposes. And then a people for his own possession. Uh, God has uniquely, in the Old Testament, he uniquely worked with Israel. They belong to him as a nation. Uh, we come from a lot of nations now, but we're still a people that he owns. We belong to him. That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Uh, have you ever been in a cave? Uh, you know, the caves are very interesting. I was in one one time, and they, they did the standard cave joke. What color, said the tour guide, what color is the inside of a cave? And everybody's looking around at the colors, and then the lights go out. And he says, black. <laughs> yeah, there is no light. Where there is no light, yeah, you and I actually have a lot of problems, uh, particularly if the territory is unfamiliar. You know, you could, you could sit down and maybe sit on the floor. You might also sit over a precipice and be gone. You can move to the right or the left slowly and, and feel along, but it's really hard to get direction, and you, you can't see what's going on around you. That's what it means to be in darkness. And without Christ in this world, we are a people who 
are capable of a lot. We have to make all kinds of decisions. We make decisions about our lives, make decisions about our partnerships. We make decisions about our families. With Jesus Christ, the lights are on. You can see what's safe and what's not, you can, if you're willing. And you can see what's healthy and what's going to bring you lots of trouble. He's led us out of darkness into his marvelous light so that all kinds of possibilities now open up to us. Our job is, is to proclaim the excellencies of him. That's a very interesting phrase. And in the Greek language, it basically says we are to exangelize. Uh, some of you may know the term evangelize. That's spread the good news about Christ. This is similar, but the Greek word is a word that means get out the news about the excellent things about God. That's why we're here. Uh, we're, we're a new kind of people group. Whatever your ethnic heritage, whatever your national heritage, whatever your family of origin, when you come to Jesus Christ, you enter a brand new kind of people. And everything that's been true of you in the past is important. Uh, my, my heritage is southeastern United States out, out of northern England and several other places. Uh, I grew up in a certain kind of family. Uh, that's, that's important. It's part of me. It's not that these things don't matter. It's just that they don't determine the realities for me now. The church is actually at the core of history in the scriptures. Uh, people talk about what's going on in the world all, uh, what's going on in the world all the time. And of course, it's, I mean, we're very interested. We live in this place. We also have hearts. We care about what happens. What tends to be missed is the core of history. Some people think it's economics. Some th people think it's ethnic migration and, and the spread of different people groups. Uh, people have all kinds of ideas, but this is what the Bible says. God, who, this is Ephesians 3, 9 through 11. God, who created all things, his intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. The manifold wisdom of God, that is his very complex wisdom. Have you ever tried to figure out what God's doing in a situation? I have several times. It's very frustrating. Because as my personal history flows along, I can't see how he works. I, I, I can see a few things. As a history of a nation flows along, we, we can see causes and effects, but it's really hard to see how God's at work. As we look into the future, we wonder how God's going to work. As When we look into the past, often we can see patterns. All kinds of things happen in the world, good and bad. But through it all, the manifold wisdom of God is being made known not so much through the presence of nations or the dictators, not so much through the, the barons of commerce and uh, the financial elite. The wisdom of God's really being made known through the church. I'm not saying that economics is unimportant. It's very important. Or government is unimportant. It's very important. Uh, or 
different professions are unimportant. They, they are. But they're not what this flow of history is about. History is going to be about God having entered the world in Christ Jesus, releasing people from bondage throughout time, throughout the whole planet. And it's, this is happening through the church. His intent, this was God's goal, that now, through the church, his wisdom be made known. Um, I don't know about you. I've studied some church history. And I have seen some marvelous things done. And I, there are some really dumb things that we have done. Early on, that was a discouragement to me. Wow, I hope nobody finds out about these, my brothers. So like that part of the family, you hope nobody gets to know, you know. But the amazing thing is that God has decided to choose people like you and me and work over time to see his work go forward. Now, he did not pick you out because you were so beautiful. He didn't pick me out because I was so beautiful. He didn't pick me out because there was just no one like me intellectually. He didn't pick me out because I had such a wonderful family heritage. You know, you, you look at my family tree, there are some wonderful things on the family tree. And like they say, there are a few people swinging from it. Now, you know, there's the good side and there's the dark side. It wasn't, wasn't that. The, the reason God picked us out was because of his kindness. And he, he's working the same way today through us. We're at the core of history. And all the flow of the rise and fall of nations and the histories of families moving through time, God is at work through his people doing the key thing he wants to do. Uh, in the church, we team together to do the work that God's given us. There is, God is at work at the core of history through us. And our role in it is to team we band together to do the work he wants. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 says, And he gave apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. Uh, he gives us leadership to equip the saints, his holy ones, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Uh, in other words, the, the work that he's doing in the world, he's doing through you. I, I'm, I'm a leader, I'm a, a pastor, teacher. Uh, but the purpose of what I do is so that the people that I work with could be more effective in doing God's work. God intends to actually work through you to do things that count in time. And as we work together in the church, as we team together, that work gets done. In church life, you know, we carry out a lot of specific activities. There's a lot going on this morning. And those the greeting tables, someone had already set up. Uh, the, the kids' ministry, a lot that took place to make this happen. But there are all kinds of things going on throughout the week, too. Uh, the people who make it happen are you. For a long time, I thought that my role in church life was to be an audience. 
And then, of course, after the sermon was over, to rate the sermon. Yes, that was a 9.9, though that was a 3.5. And then I'd done my deal for the week. But God actually has a flow that I was to be involved in carrying out a part of the work he wanted to do. So we carry a lot of specific activities, but there are four big areas, four broad areas that we work in. One is the worship of the Lord. On your handout, I've given you some scriptures. You can check these out. I'm not going to go into them. And then we evangelize. We get the word out uh, about his excellence, excellencies. We do it through, like we did that this morning in worship. Uh, but we also live an example before people who, that, that we work with, people in the community. Matthew 5.16 talks about this. We tell others about what Christ has done for us. Uh, we get, get the word out about who he is. People cannot turn to Christ until they hear of him. And the Lord wants to do that through us. We also, one of our major assignments is to love sacrificially. Uh, the word in, in Greek is agape. That, that word means basically that I act in situations for the other person's best interest before God. Now, they, they may have things they want me to do that they, if you love me, you would do this. But if before God, that's not really right, I, I don't do that. I act for their best in, before God. So I'm willing to sacrifice when I hit points where that needs to happen. Sacrifice, see God's work go forward. Sacrifice to see the right things happen in my family. Sacrifice on the freeway. You know, just go ahead and let the guy in. He doesn't deserve it. But just go ahead and let him ahead. Uh, it's, it's a part of the life flow for me. Uh, in the church, uh, we, we do our part. It's another key concept. This is what Ephesians 4.16 says after that other verse about building up the body of Christ. The whole body grows and builds itself up in love, and that body is you and, you and me, the people of God, the body through whom Christ works in the world, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Whenever Deborah and I bought our house in Alhambra, 1971, it was right after Noah let the animals out of the ark, Uh, you know, most of my body parts worked. Uh, I turned 75 this year. Some of them don't work as well. And, you know, you have to go slower. You have to accommodate that. The body of Christ has all kinds of parts. And uh, if you're a Christ follower, you're one of them. If you're investigating, committing your life to Christ, one of the things that you're, you're going to do as you commit your life to him is you're going to become a part of his body, his people. He gives each one of us his Holy Spirit to guide us. He gives each one of us spiritual abilities, uh, abilities to contribute to the work of the church. 
And he gives all of us individual callings and he lays out a life track for us. It's just different for different people. However, and he also gives leadership in the body of Christ. And we team together and work under leaders to make the things of God happen. But each part has to do its part. What, what happens if your arm doesn't work? Well, there are things that just will not be done. Or they're going to be done much more slowly. Or much more awkwardly. <laughs> uh, the body needs to work. Now, some people have the idea that, well, I'm a finger on the invisible body of Christ. But the invisible body always shows up in some local group. That's the way it is in the New Testament. Uh, we are not just a parts warehouse. We're a group of parts connected together to do the work of God. So each one of us does his part. Uh, we each have work to do, and we do it. Uh, we take care of our own responsibilities. Uh, scripture is very clear about this. You, earn, you, pay, for, you pay your own way in life. Now you don't, we're not a group that mooches off of each other, though we help each other. Uh, we, don't, we don't take advantage of each other. We carry our own load. We take care of our own responsibilities. We bless others. That is, as life is moving along, we're not only concerned about our own track and what's happening with us, uh, we're paying attention to the brothers and sisters around us and, we, and, and people who don't know Christ. And we take action to actually make life better for them if we can. We can't fix it all. And we do have responsibilities to take care of. But our, our focus is on blessing. There, there's a word in the Greek. It's in the Greek language called koinoneo or koinoneo. It means to share. The thought in the term is that we are a, we call it fellowship in English, but the idea in Greek is we're a group that reciprocates. God blesses us. And what we do, it's hard to bless God we, we can praise him, but we take what he's blessed us with and we reciprocate by passing, passing the blessing on to other people, in maybe in different ways. And then someone in the group blesses us. They, they, they're a help to us some way. And we return good to them, maybe in a different way. We also take that good and we pass it on to others because it's not just about me. We're the, we're the people of God. So we, we bless others. We also serve in the work of church, of the church. Uh, it's a part of all our assignments. Uh, we're a team. And we, we do our part during our lifetime. And then, while we're moving through life, we prepare a new bunch to take over. And we pass the baton to them as we step on into glory. We prepare a new work and pass a new crew and pass the work on. You and I are going to continue to do this and, and the next group and the next group and the next group until a time shattering event occurs. The return of Christ. Titus two thirteen. We wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. Whenever he returns, history is finished. And things will be made right. All, all will be settled. 
there will be things in this life, uh, maybe injustices that were never really taken care of. They will be taken care of. Reward will be handed out and punishment. At that time, the results of our work will stand with us before God and we'll enjoy the Lord forever. This, this is Revelation 7, 9 through 10. Uh, vision that John has as he's allowed to see into the future and to heaven. I looked, and before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, every tribe, every people, every language standing before the throne in front of the Lamb. They cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Uh, there will be the time that I step out of this life. I die. But I don't cease to exist. I step into the presence of the Lord. And when the day comes that Christ returns, there will be an in-gathering, and I will see people that I have influenced that I never knew about. I'll see some that I know about, and I'll enjoy that. And then I will see people who touched my life that I never realized what they had done, really. And the work that I have done through the years and the work that you do through the years will stand with you before the throne. Remember our earlier question? How do you stop languishing? I think Professor Grant's advice is valid. Find a flow. Something that you can engage and immerse yourself in. Find a flow. Uh, you know, some, some flows are highly questionable, like egos and the guardians of the galaxy. Uh, there are many good things that a person can get involved in for a time. Um, but a question I, I would ask as I decide to stake my life in, in something and for something is, when my life's at an end, how will all my past effort look to me? I want to share with you two end-of-life evaluations. These are from two different men. And this is very important. We're getting the background music to let you understand that. The first one is from a late 20th century figure. His name is Sir Leonard Wolfe. He was a very high-profile person of the time, uh, a British man. He's a political theorist, author, publisher, very well off, and civil servant. Uh, at 80, 88, he wrote this statement. Uh, looking back at the age of 88, looking back over his life, over the last 57 years of my political work in England, knowing what I aimed at and what the results were, meditating on the history of Britain and the world since 1914, since World War I, that was sort of his entry into things, I see clearly that I achieved practically nothing. The world today and the history of the human anthill during the last 57 years 
would be exactly the same as it is as if I had played ping pong instead of sitting on committees and writing books and memoranda. He's not, he's not being merely tongue-in-cheek. He's, he's talking seriously. He, he had written a, an autobiography, and uh, this was his introduction, saying, if you, if you still want to read this, you can. But he, he's very serious. The history of the world would be exactly the same as if I had played ping pong instead of sitting on committees and writing books and memoranda. Uh, I am not saying that his work was worthless. I'm just saying this is his evaluation. The second, the second end of life evaluation is from the first century. This is Paul the Apostle. He was a Christ follower and actually a prisoner at the end of his life and facing execution. Uh, this is what he writes uh, in the scriptures. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now, there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Uh, he, was, he was not famous, uh, nor wealthy, uh, nor even free. But, you know, looking back on what had occurred, he was glad. Uh, you and I will both pass from this life. There are many flows that people will travel in. Uh, I'd like to suggest to you that the greatest flow is this. It's what God's doing through the church, the work of God. God right now through the church. Uh, we tend to read the scriptures and whenever the writer says God's intent was right, that right now, we tend to think, well, yeah, but he's talking about then. But the now continues. It's your now. It's my now. This is where the great flow is going on. And God's calling to you in the middle of it. I am not sure uh, what, what it will be. You know, I originally trained as a chemist, research chemist. Went to USC for my doctorate. The Lord directed me in the ministry. That wasn't a career I'd planned on. Now, you may be a mom. You may have a business job. God's calling is all different for us, but the flow remains. His work through us banding together at the core of history to liberate people. Uh, psychologist Grant, a little bit earlier, said, you need to find a flow, engage, and immerse. So I would suggest, if, if you're considering this church or you're part of it, engage it and get involved. Don't just hang around on the edges, but get involved. Check it out. Make sure they're sane. You don't want to join crazy people. But after you're convinced, then get involved, engage. He also says, focus on goals and set boundaries. Uh, the reason why is because uh, you, you, you can't do everything. If you're going to keep the flow going, you have to say no to some things. I didn't know it, but in 1970, 
<clears throat> I made a commitment to attend the church in East L.A. while I was at USC. <clears throat> and I, I had a sense that all the stuff that God was doing in my life was just going to sort of dry up and blow away unless I made some decisions. I, couldn't, I didn't know a whole lot of eloquent language to put it in. But I, I just said it this way. I realized I needed, I really needed to plug into this group. So I, I said aloud to myself, uh, when, when they are meeting, I will be there or they will find my dead body pointing that direction. It's not very poetic, but I meant it. And you know, all the good things that have flowed through the years for me came out of that. You have to set some boundaries and priorities. Your time's going to pass on the planet. Uh, if you find a flow and engage in something bigger than yourself, life will be more interesting. But if you will engage in what God is doing at the core of history and do your part, you can't do it all, do your part. As time moves on, many things will happen in life. But as you stand toward life's end and look back, you, you won't be sorry. And even better than that, you'll be looking forward to the good things next. So, I'd encourage you, jump in the flow. Make it happen here. And uh, your life will not be magically better. But I promise you, over time, it'll be much better than what would have been. Let me lead us in prayer. Father, thank you so much for your great kindness in picking us to follow you. I thank you for your kindness in drawing friends uh, close. Uh, we, we stand before you to say it wasn't because we were great that we got to know Christ Jesus, but it was because you are. And we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you that you have made us far relationships. You also provided out of your thought, not only the human race, but the people of God. We ask you in the name of Christ Jesus that you would guide us on how to be a part of what you're doing at the core of history. Thank you for good things that have happened in history where good people have risen up and followed you and nations have been blessed. At the same time, Lord, we know that there will be a day when all nations pass away. We would love to be a part of the things that count on beyond the end of history. So, Father, give us guidance. Show us what we need to do. And keep stirring our hearts to go with the flow of Christ Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Harold. Um, we're going to continue to worship for a little bit. I'd invite you to, as uh, Harold mentioned, to reflect and to meditate as we 
uh, singing these songs, if you have stepped into the kingdom of God, that you are alive, you are new, you are changed. And if you are languishing still, to think about what your next steps are in reviving yourself um, in his power.
and sing. Remind ourselves of the new life that he's given us. By your spirit I will rise from the ashes of defeat. The resurrected king is resurrecting me. In your name I come alive to declare your victory. The resurrected King is resurrecting me. By your Spirit I will rise from the ashes of defeat. The resurrected King is resurrecting me. In your name I come alive to declare your victory.
resurrecting me. In your name I come alive to declare your victory. The resurrected King is resurrected. Amen, Lord Jesus, we thank you that we are alive in you. You have made us dead to ourselves. You've made us your children, new people, a royal priesthood, standing between this world and you, pleading for this world, Lord. To give us vision, Lord, let us see the flow that you are calling us to, and let us join in with all our hearts. We love you. We ask these things in your name. Amen.
everyone. We hope you guys uh, celebrate well and uh, you guys, well, we'll see you guys next week, I guess.